count it a great privilege and blessing to be at this meeting this weekend. Uh, it has been a peaceful place. And I'm thankful for all the labor that this church has gone into putting on this meeting. And uh, count it a privilege to stand before you this afternoon that if the Lord has blessed, we may proclaim the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm the last kid here. <laughs> Is that what Brother Dad was saying? <laughs> Begging interest in your prayers this morning, I have been back and forth and back and forth. I preached something last Saturday. I preached it. I, I say preach it again, but I started there again. I couldn't preach the same sermon if I wanted to. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, then it's been on my mind, on my mind. Brother Philip preached it yesterday, yesterday. He did not credit me. And I told him, you could have at least said, I stirred you up in front of people. I said, Brother Sonny uh, quoted a guy that died 200 years ago and gave him credit. <laughs> and, <laughs> but y'all know Brother Philip. But it's in Luke 19. Luke 19, as, and, and I actually won't further down than what he was at. And, and I, like I said, I struggled. I told Brother Mark this morning, I, he asked me about it, and I said, this is what I've been talking about. And I said, I got to quit talking about it. I can't get it off my mind. He said, you go with what the Lord needs, which is always good advice. That's <laughs> right. Um, as they're coming in, as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. <clears throat> it says, uh, and uh, when he was, verse 37, come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, you know what, Brother Luke? You corrected me on saying, I tell you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I try not to say it too much. I tell you, I do. <laughs> <laughs> But I got in the bad habit of saying all the time, but here it's in Scripture. He said, I tell you. I tell you that if these stones, these should hold their peace. Hold their peace. They want peace right now. Quiet them down. If these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Oh, that tells me that the Lord will have his praise in this world. Amen. There will be a people praising his name. Amen. Oh, I, but I tell you, I don't, I don't want uh, it to go somewhere else. He'll take the candlestick. He'll move it, remove it, and go somewhere else. But it will be on this earth. Amen. Oh, but may we be earnestly contending for that faith. If they should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come near... He beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, 
If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace. When Brother Gary went there, I said, I don't have a choice. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round about and keep thee on every side. He's talking to a group of people that he has walked with, that he brought the church personally to. He came to them, he set the example, he preached himself, and he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But unto them that did receive him, to them gave he power to be the sons of God. I tell you, the, those who did, and even in this time, I'll go to another place. That's what usually ends up happening when I got three subjects on my mind. It turns out to be one subject. Sometimes it's not so good, but I pray the Lord bless it today. In Isaiah 1, we're uh, uh, looking at that, been looking at that, where he goes and he starts this. Um, uh, this uh, first part of the uh, chapter here, and I was going to read it all, but I'm not now. But uh, he said, we'll start in verse 4. This will give you the gist. Ah, sinful nation is what he said. Ah, sinful nation. Then in, in verse uh, 7, he says, Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. That's pretty depressing. All this right here. But then he says this, except, <laughs> except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a, what? Very small remnant. Very small remnant. We're not talking about a very small uh, group of people going to heaven. We're talking about a very small remnant of people following the Lord. Seeking His uh, uh, will and seeking to worship Him now in spirit and in truth. And he says, except the Lord had left us a very small remnant. You see that very small thing again? Oh, despise not. I can't remember it exactly. The day of small things is what we talked about. I have pastored some small congregations. The one I'm pastoring now is dwindling. I pray the Lord deliver us. Send us people. But I tell you, we've lost some. But I, I tell you, the... It's been a rough few months for us. And there's discouragement there. When you see that and you just see those passing away. I pastored in Corpus Christi and we're just at the time five sisters there. And I would tell them 
time and time again when they would be discouraged, when they would drive by the churches of the world and see the parking lots full, see the big crowds there, and say, oh, we're jealous of that. I'd say, fear not. Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's pleasure to give unto thee the kingdom. He's given it to the small things in this world. Except the Lord of hosts had a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom and Gomorrah, it said. But I tell you, He's preserved us. Even in that time, whenever He wept over the city, there was still people following Him. Oh, now, you can just look at that remnant. Oh, Elijah, oh, I preach this, I say it a lot, but he had that pity. I tell you, one of the devil's devices is he wants you to feel small. He wants you to feel alone. And he had Elijah, he had him uh, 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 sequestered off, if you will. All oh, the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's not going to run into a, a, a crowd. He's not going to run into the herd. He's going to look for that one. Drag, uh, uh, holding off behind. And he found Elijah. Even though Elijah had just uh, did, uh, been part of one of the greatest miracles in Scripture. Where he prayed to the Father and fire came down from heaven. Came down from heaven, consumed the altar, and then he slew 400 prophets. Uh, I always say, if I'd have happened to me, I'd have been like, I ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> and that woman Jezebel comes along and she says, what you did to those prophets, I'm going to do to you. And I said, I would have said, woman, did you just see what I did? <laughs> did you see who I prayed to and he answered me? <laughs> nope, that's not what he did. He ran and he hid and he was all alone. All alone, and he says, It's good for me that I might die. Oh, I tell you, uh, we uh, can feel all alone, uh, even whenever we're in the church, when we're following after him. Uh, there's time that he's, he's gonna come to us, he's gonna, the devil is coming after us. Amen. Where would you, if you were him, if you were told you can't touch their lives? You're not going to take them to hell like the fairy tale tells you. You're not going to grab them and take them from God. But it does say He knoweth. He's full of wrath. Why? For He knoweth He hath but a short time. So where's He going to spend that time? Those following after their own desires? <coughs> They're right where they, he wants them to be. He cannot have our life. But he's going to try to wedge in between us and the fellowship of our God. Amen. And he's going to try to hold us back in this world. Amen. And he wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel like you're fighting a battle all by yourself. He wants you to feel like you're too old and used up or he wants you to feel like you're too young and don't know anything or he wants you to feel like you're a sinner and you don't deserve to be amongst so great a people or he wants you to feel like you're actually pretty good i don't even know you ought to you, they don't deserve you i tell you he works the ditches if he gets you in one and you overcorrect he'll knock you right over in the other ditch again 
But oh, brother, may we walk circumspectly, it says. May we walk with our heads up, looking for that lion that's seeking to devour us. He's going to come after us and try. It's the, the more you serve God, the more he wants you not to. He's full of wrath. Oh, and brother, I tell you, I know you can just think about David who was listed as a man after God's own heart. It tells us that. You know he came after him. We see the ways where he came after him. Oh, David wrote, Oh, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted? I don't know what the opposite of peace is. War, I guess, is one of them. But I think disquieted is one of them. Disquieted. Why art thou disquieted in me? Oh, but I tell you, he gives us the answer, doesn't he? Hope thou in God. When all we can do is look at ourselves and our affliction and our condition, good or bad, it's not good. If you're looking at how bad you feel, if you look at how bad you preach, or if you look at how good you preach, quit worrying about you and talk about the Lord. Oh, may we set our eye on Him. May we set our affection on things above. May we walk circumspectly, looking, redeeming the time, not wasting time. Much of my time has run to waste. And I perhaps am near my home, but He forgives my follies past. He gives me strength for days to come. Oh, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> there's a remnant. There was then. When those stones, when he said the stones will cry out if they have to, there was a remnant then. But that was in the transition period. He was taking it away. He was taking it away from the people, the Jews, and he was going to give it to the Gentiles. And that's good news to us, brothers and sisters, because we are. Gentiles. Oh, there was that transition period. But then you have the Apostle Paul preaching. And they received it not. And he said, henceforth, we go to the Gentiles. Oh, but you look at the whole way. Look at the pathway of peace, if you will. Where he prepared a way. Hope thou in God. Trust in the Lord. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he will direct thy I love, to look, I love to look Acts, I love Acts I love to see the history of the start of the church from the very beginning where it talks about oh there they were on the day of Pentecost and they were sitting there they were preaching oh yeah they were talking and then the Holy Ghost takes over when the Holy Ghost takes over that's when the preaching starts oh we can sit up here and talk we can read to you some good words out of the Scripture. Oh, whenever someone asks you, did they preach? And they say, well, he said some good things. Guess what, folks? That ain't preaching. I'm sorry. But when the Holy Ghost takes over, when the Holy Ghost takes hold of a man, I tell you, that's preaching. And the Spirit of God comes down 
And that day at the day of Pentecost uh, is like a rushing wind. Uh, oh, I just see as, as the, the Lord's uh, uh, building, uh, setting up His church while He's here. Uh, oh, and it's like setting up a ship. Oh, we listen to old song, some old sacred harp songs. The old ship of Zion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's the old ship of Zion. Uh, hallelujah. And I've uh, often wondered uh, and looked into how is the church a ship? Well, I see the Lord. Uh, the Lord setting up and building His ship while He's here. Oh, but that day of Pentecost, He had the sails unfurled and it gave its, its, its uh, takeoff, if you will. And the wind, uh, the Holy Spirit, just launched it, if you will. Amen. And the ship was going. Oh, but then... Uh, right then, it's still the Jews. But then comes in Acts chapter 10. Well, you know, in Acts chapter 8, I believe, and this is something I was reading the other day, and I thought, you know, I've been reading over that all the time. But it's a pretty significant time. It's when they went to preach to the Samaritans. Right before they went to... The Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentiles. And they were viewed lower than the Gentiles. You remember the Samaritan woman? When the Lord went to her, she says, it's not lawful for a Jew to speak to me. We won't go into all that. But he spoke to her, didn't he? Oh, and then he spoke to the Samaritans there. Ah, oh, but then in the 10th chapter, 10th chapter of Acts Cornelius. Oh, he was a good man. And he says, thy alms and thy prayers are come up unto God as a memorial. And he said, sin for one. Uh, oh, these things just uh, stir memories in my mind. As, uh, listening to old Brother Walden preach on this. And he said, he told him where to go. He even gave him the address. You go to one and you find Simon Peter who's lodging in the house of Simon the Tanner, I believe. He said, you go right here. But you know what? Uh, and I'll tell a personal story. This is, this is another account. Uh, this account just reminds me of all of this stuff. Uh, how that whenever uh, um, um, Brother Walden passed in 2016, and uh, I felt a burden there. I did. I felt a burden to be there. But I'm not. Uh, uh, and here's some advice to you. It's free. You young... Yeah, listen to me, you youngsters. <laughs> I'll say that you young preachers just, and I know I'm not, I haven't been doing it long. But you don't have to promote or exalt yourself. Amen. You just sit there and do the small things, <laughs> and then the Lord's going to launch yourself someday too. And when He does launch them, you hang on. <laughs> hang on for the ride. <laughs> but there He is. <laughs> He said, uh, with me, uh, they, they come tell me and they ask, you know, we're, we've been praying and we want to call you, but don't feel obligated. I said, boy, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> the Lord's working on both ends. Amen. And here we have Cornelius. Oh, uh, he says, you go find Peter. And at the same time, Peter goes up on a roof. He's hungry, but he falls into a trance. Falls into a trance there and he sees uh, uh, a sheep come down from heaven with all manner of beasts. <laughs> and the Lord says, Rise, Peter, slay me. And he did something you should not do. Amen. Not so, Lord. <laughs> Don't say that. Ever. 
For I have not touched anything that is common or unclean. And God says, what God hath cleansed, call thou not common. Amen. Now I imagine he was like, what in the world does this mean? What does this mean? Then the Lord says, after the third time that happened, there's some people at your door. Go to them. Oh man, I can't remember how he worded it. Go to them. I could, if I'd take me forever to find it. But go to them. Not holding back. I'll say it in my words. Get ready. <laughs> and he went. And he answered the door. He said, The Lord has taught me, has showed me that God is not a respecter of persons. But wheresoever, whosoever feareth the Lord shall be accepted with God. And he went and he preached the gospel to the Gentiles. He preached it to the Gentiles. And you know what? You look at that account, it sounds an awful lot like that does over on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost came in there. And we go to Ephesians. And he says there. Verse 15, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto you all the saints, cease not. Uh, I'm starting below where I should. He said, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's a special thing. And it happens after hearing the gospel and believing the gospel. I like to hammer on you belief doesn't get you to heaven. But it gets you some heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. It gives you a peace which passeth all understanding. Those on the road to Emmaus, we've all had those hearts burning within us moments. You can't explain that. You can't explain the, the understanding that happens then. You just know. You just know without a doubt. That's faith, brothers and sisters. That is a tangible evidence that can't be explained naturally. That we feel in our soul. And it gives us that peace. And that peace, now, since that day, when he went to the Gentiles and preached, here it resides still. And it's still a remnant. Go back to that Isaiah. He talks about all of that. And we talked about uh, not worrying about politics and the things that go on in this world. If we worry about ourselves 
And if we do the small things like we should, what did he say? Except God had a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and Gomorrah. A very small remnant controls many in the eyes of God. Is America, do we have problems? Most definitely. But you know what we have? We've got the church of God. We've got a remnant within its borders. And the Lord, as long as that remnant is seeking and following Him, I believe He'll continue to preserve it. So, they want to get in an uproar out there? Let them. They want to say, you Christians, hold your peace. I say, if we do, the stones will cry out. I know the things. And I don't say that haughty. That kind of felt like I was saying it haughty. But we are convinced of some things. I'll say like the Apostle Paul says, I am persuaded. I am persuaded to know the things. He didn't say this. I'm piecing some stuff together. I am persuaded to know some things. The things that belong unto our peace. Amen. Oh, I don't want to let that go. I want to do whatever it takes to keep that. Mary told him at the wedding, whatsoever he saith to do, do it. There's simple doctrine right there. That's the simplicity right there. If he says to do it, do it. He says, serve. He says, meet together. He says, worship my name. He says, love me with all your heart, soul, and might. He says, love your neighbor, even as yourself. Oh, it's sad whenever we read these incidents. Incidents are are there in Isaiah, how the condition it is there. And that time there in Luke 19, when he wept over the city. And we can go to Hebrews 6. (laughs) When I go to Hebrews 6, I was going to start in the middle, but I can't leave that first verse off. (laughs) Therefore, having, I mean, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, that means we're not leaving it behind, we're going to build on it. Let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And he says, in this we will do if God permit. God willing. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, he's not going to prevent you to do it. But what happened to those over in Luke 19? You didn't know it. And now you're blind. You can't see He'll take it away and then you won't see it. That's how he works. Look in Romans 1. And then it goes back through this about those that didn't. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers to come and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance. It's impossible with man. It's only possible with God. 
He says this bad thing, but then in verse 9, he says this, but beloved, and I say this to you, I'm not standing amongst the people that don't know the things that belong unto thy peace, but we're all from. Though we're going to leave here, as Brother Gary said, just ready to charge hell with a water pistol. We're going to leave here charged, fired up, uh, uh, as we should after a visit from our Lord. But you know, as well as I know, it's not always like that. We're going to get to Wednesday, Tuesday, maybe even Monday, maybe Sunday afternoon on I-10. <laughs> it was pretty brutal coming out here. We're always, like I said, he's always after us. But here he says this. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. We have salvation. We have eternal salvation. The things we enjoy this weekend, it is a time salvation and it's things that accompany salvation. And I wouldn't trade all the gold in the world or the tea in China to give up the peace that we have in the Lord's church. Amen.